I wanted to take today on this special day, our anniversary, and um, also just take this day, um, this theme this month, just back to building. I asked you last week, I, we handed a card out, and I appreciate those that have turned those in. And if you have your card, I'd like you to begin to even turn those in. I've talked to many people about serving. And each one of us need to make sure that we're serving the body of Christ. The Bible tells us to occupy till he comes. Not, not, just, not just fake it, not, not do it with woe is me. I believe that we are a child of God. We are born again. We have the spirit of God living inside of us. I believe God's gonna do great, great and mighty things. Would you say amen to that? And so today I wanna take the opportunity to cast a vision, a 2020 vision. I'm doing this because I know some of us, some, of, some in our church um, were not here in 2019 and uh, others may have forgotten since it's been so long ago, but we call it the a Vision 2020. And it was 2020 because that obviously the year was 2020, but it was casting a 20-year vision. So where are we going to go as a church? What do we want to see God do? How do we want to be used of the Lord? And I took us to Genesis chapter number 12. Genesis chapter 12 and verse number one. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country and thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. Now I want you to, as we pause for a moment, I want you to consider this. God had great plans in store for Abram. His name has not been yet changed to Abraham. We know him as Abraham. But God comes to Abram and says, I, I've got a great plan for you. And this required faith on Abram's part. He said, there's a, a land that I have for you and there's a, a place that I have for you and, and I'm gonna make of you a great nation. I'm gonna bless you. I'm gonna make your name great and shall be a blessing. And verse number three, and I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curseth thee. And we are specifically speaking of Abraham's descendants that would be the Jews. And I believe that this promise, even the first part of chapter three, is still true today. Why should the Christian community, the church, the Christian church stand with Israel and stand for the Jews because God said, I'll bless them that bless thee and curse them that curseth thee. And that promise and that blessing and that curse is still true today. So we stand with Israel. But I want us to look at the last part of this verse. In thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. He gave Abraham this covenant, this Abrahamic covenant that in you all of the families of the earth shall be blessed. In thee, a generational blessing. This was not just a blessing that God gave to Abraham for Abraham while he was alive. This was a blessing that through the descendants of Abraham, that through his children, through the generations to come, that through him, all the families of the earth would be blessed. It's a blessing given by God. 
it's through this blessing that the Messiah would come. As we see this verse that in you all the earth, the families of the earth shall be blessed, that blessing is this, that a Messiah, the Savior, Jesus Christ, is going to come through the the line and lineage of Abraham. You see, this is not just a blessing of economics or a blessing of finances. This is an everlasting blessing. This is eternal life. This is reconciling man back to God. Man sinned in the garden. And from that time forward, God had promised that he was going to send a savior. And now through the, the line, the bloodline of Abraham, you are going to see this Messiah come. It's through this blessing, the Messiah came. Through the Davidic or David, King David was given the same covenant. It's the same covenant that Abraham uh, got. David was through the line. If you trace back David, his, his ancestors were all the way back to Abraham. And if you were to tra- uh, uh, go back with Christ, Jesus Christ, you would find his ancestry is through the bloodline of David. And so this blessing, the blessing that God gave to Abraham and his descendants, and through his seed, there was going to be a king. And that king is the king of kings. That king is the Messiah. That king is the savior. And so, church, we would know this, that Jesus Christ is that promise. He was the promise that was made in the garden when man sinned. He is the promise that was made to Abraham that through his seed, all the families of the earth would be blessed. It's the promise that was given to David that through his seed, kings would come and all the families of the earth will be blessed. And then we come to Luke chapter two. In verse number 11, the Bible says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior, which is Christ the Lord. This prophecy has been fulfilled. The the, the prophecy that a savior would come, the prophecy that the Messiah would come, the prophecy that that the prophets, uh, Isaiah prophesied of this, this, this Messiah, it's been fulfilled. A savior was born, Luke 2, 11 tells us. And Jesus said this, when Jesus began to, to do his earthly ministry, the disciples were asking him questions and he began to answer those questions. And he said this of himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus was proclaiming that the prophecy is fulfilled. There's none other that is going to come. There's no other Messiah. There's no other Christ. Jesus Christ, the promise, all the way back to the Old Testament, all the way back when man sinned through the ages, given to Abraham, given to David, given through the prophets, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, is born. We thank God the blessing is fulfilled. Go with me to the book of John, if you'd go there. John, the gospel of John. Is everybody comfortable? John chapter number one. John, the gospel of John chapter number one says this. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Jesus Christ is the word. 
Jesus Christ has always been. He is the deity of Christ. He is God. The Pharisees would, would uh, call it blasphemous that he would say that he is God, but Jesus Christ proclaimed that he is God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him were not anything made that was made. Oh, listen to me, church. We can rejoice in verse number four today. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. We'll go down to verse number nine. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. This generational blessing came true. This prophecy is fulfilled. Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God, the Redeemer of mankind, he has come. And church, that's why we meet. That's why we gather. That's why we're here today because Jesus Christ has come. Now, we live in the New Testament church age. Jesus said this, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It's a promise by God, by Jesus Christ himself. He's speaking to Peter and he was telling Peter of this, this church. Jesus knew that he was going to come. His earthly ministry would be about three or three and a half years, a short period of time. He was going to be crucified. He was going to be buried. He was going to rise again from the dead. That's the gospel message. He's going to ascend back into heaven and he's going to leave his disciples here upon this earth. In Mark 16, 15. The Bible says this, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That is a command given by Jesus Christ. He's coming again. And there was something that he left for the church to do. And that was simply this, go into the world and preach the gospel. What is the gospel? The death, the burial, in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Isn't it amazing how man has confused religion? We've added so much to it. We've complicated it. But yet the simple mission of the church is to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every single creature. Jesus is coming again. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the judgment. Paul writes to the church at Thessalonica and talks about a trump is going to sound. The dead in Christ are going to rise and those that are alive and remain are going to be caught up together in the clouds with him to be with Jesus Christ forever. And because he's coming, church, I want you to write this down. Our mission as a church is to preach the gospel. I'm going to give you just two thoughts today, and I know the time is late, and I, I'm not going to take more time. I have some really exciting things I want to recast for our church, and then also I want to show you 
some work that's been being done behind the scenes and reveal these things to our church today. The responsibility of the church is to preach the gospel. We must be a church that is reaching our generation with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We must be. That must be the passion of our church. We must have a evangelistic focus. Everything centers around taking the gospel to our neighbor, to our city, to our state, to our country, and to the world. That has to be the focus of the church. And church, it is so easy at times, and I'll be honest with you, with all the things that we have going on and all the programs and all the, the things that take place. When, when Trudy came the other day, we were talking and I said to her, you know, at any given time, there's, there's 300 people on this property. Any given time with the schools and preschool and our staff, there's always something to do. I, I, I think one of the kids said, in my free time, I do nothing. I think that's what they said. But the truth of the matter is, there's not a whole lot of free time. But so often our time is filled with good things. So often we are doing good things in the church and for the church. And to our shame, at times we can be busy and never have time to give the gospel. One of the things that I'm burdened about, and when I say burdened, I mean burdened, lose sleep over it, crying in prayer over this. We cannot be a place where people in our community just pass by. If you live in this community, you should be impacted by the activities of this church. And I don't mean a negative way because of traffic. <laughs> I mean, the things that we do is so gospel-centered that it impacts their lives. They can't go anywhere without this church telling us about Jesus Christ. They, they can't get involved in anything without someone from that church inserting that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. We must be a church that is reaching our generation with the gospel. We must be a church that is reaching lost people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We must be having conversations with those that need the gospel. We must be concerned with what concerns God. And at the, as in the souls of mankind, knowing the Savior and trusting in the Savior for eternal life, that is the heartbeat of God. That's all the nations of the earth being blessed through this covenant, through the Messiah coming and those that are trusting in the Messiah receiving eternal life is the message of the church. We enter the mission field. Our message must be, our voice must say, if you're lost in the darkness of sin, if you're bound by the, the weight of your sin, hold on, we're coming, we're coming. The church is coming with the truth of the gospel. There's hope because the church is coming with the truth of the gospel. That has to be our mission. That has to be our goal. And so as we think of what church looks like over the next 20 years. And you say, why only 20 years? Because 
the next guy can worry about for 20 years after that. <laughs> so we were talking about a roof. He said, how long do you want the roof to be? 20, 30, 50? I said, what's the cheapest? They said, well, obviously the 20. I said, good, I'm not going to be here after 20. Put a 20-year roof on the place. The next guy can worry about it. Number two, I'm hurrying, I promise. Number two, go with me to 2 Timothy chapter four. Paul is coming to the end of his journey, the apostle Paul. The apostle Paul has taken this covenant. He has taken the gospel. The apostle Paul has been beaten. The apostle Paul has been tortured. The apostle Paul has been left for dead. He's been stoned. He's been placed in jail. And now the apostle Paul is going to spend the last remaining of his days in Rome jailed. He's going to act, uh, end up giving his life for doing what Christ said to do, to preach the gospel. And he says this to the church, to Timothy. Timothy is his young man. Timothy is going to pastor at the church of Ephesus. Timothy is going to continue the legacy, if you will, that the apostle Paul has. It's a generational, a generational blessing. It didn't stop with Abraham, it continued. It didn't stop with David, it continued. It didn't stop when Christ ascended, it continued. It didn't stop with the Apostle Paul, it continued. It didn't stop with Timothy, it continued. In 2021, it's continuing, and it's not going to stop with us should the Lord tarry his coming. There's teenagers that sang, and children that sang, and their children one day. It's going to continue. And Paul says to the young Timothy, Verse number two, preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itchy ears. Church, we're there. We're there. And Paul's command to Timothy was preach the word. We must be evangelistic. We must do as Christ command, preach the gospel. Preach the gospel is very, it's, 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 that's it. It's preaching the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Nothing more. A lost person. How does a lost person ever have eternal life? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. If a man confess with his mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in his heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That is the message of the gospel and we're to preach it. And Paul said, preach the word. This is the whole counsel. This is the doctrine of the word of God. This is... This is now that we're saved, how do we live a, a sanctified life? How do we live pleasing to the Lord? We must be strong in the word. Our church needs to be a church that preaches the gospel and preaches the word of God. Amen. Not adding a single thing to it. If the Bible declares it, then we must live it. And I would say this, church, we need to preach the Bible. And there, then we should live the Bible. You would not allow me another year anniversary if I got up and began to preach something contrary to the word of God. 
and we should not move forward as a church if we're not willing to live everything the word of God says. We live in a day that Christians are compromising. Paul warns of that. He says, preach the word. There's going to day that's going to come and there's going to be teachers that are going to be drawn away after their own lust and heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, compromising. Churches are more concerned in 2021 of being woke than being biblical. We must not compromise. We must stand. We must preach the word. We come to this place for one reason, to be challenged, to be convicted, to be taught in righteousness, to be encouraged, to be strengthened. For what? To go preach the gospel. And sometimes, church, if we're not careful, we come into a place where everything is for us. And we forget that there's a world out there that needs Jesus. Yes, we come in and we learn the gospel. We learn the, 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 the doctrine of the word of God. And yes, the word of God is going to be preached. And I, and I want you to know this. And if you've been here for any, uh, any length of time, you know we're going to stand and we're going to stand true on the word of God, even when it's difficult even when it's hard, even when it's not popular, even when it's called uh, hate, even when it's called uh, 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 wrong, we're going to stand on the word of God. We are not going to compromise what God's word says. <clears throat> we need to tell the world, this generation the gospel message because the promise of the covenant is that all families of the earth would be blessed. You know why that means there, and we read in John, that means this, the gospel of Jesus Christ is not just for the Jews. It's for all man. It's for every single person. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter the, the value in your bank account. It doesn't matter what your parents have done. It doesn't matter what sins you have done. Jesus Christ came and he died for you and he loves you. He loves you. And that must be the message. And our church must resemble biblical commands. Our church must be grounded upon really two things. If someone says, what is the mission of the church? What is the vision of the church? It is to preach the gospel and to preach the word. That's what we do. That's who we are. That's what makes us tick because that's what we're commanded to do. Habakkuk chapter two, the verse is on the screen because it will take you the rest of the service to find Habakkuk. <laughs> and some of you are thinking right now, he just said he's going to preach the word. Now he's making up names. No, there's a book of the Bible called Habakkuk. In Habakkuk chapter two, verse number two, the Bible says, and the Lord answered me and said, write the vision, make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. Today, I'm, my goal is to make it plain, to make it simple, to show our church we must be a church that is reaching our community. And we must be a church that is grounding those that know Christ in the doctrine of the word of God.
and if we're not, if it doesn't fit into those two things, would you agree with me? It doesn't fit into Monclova Road Baptist Church. Our vision, casting a vision for the next 20 years, and some of these things are just a reminder to our church, and some will be for the first time where we wanted our church to go. And stay with me, I promise you we won't be long. I want you to show me that first slide. Churches all around this country are closing at an alarming rate. Where, where does somebody that lives in a community without a church, without a gospel witness? I took a picture. I was in downtown Toledo the, this past week. And I was up on a building several floors high. And I just looked out at the view and I, I just happened to see from the side of the building, I saw church steeples it was, it was so many of them, it was, it was even difficult to count. I took a picture of them. If you, were to, if you were to go by those churches, you would find that the majority of them are just closed. They're rotting away. There's churches that are closing. They say before COVID, there were 10,000 churches a year in America that were closing its doors of all denominations. And now they're saying post-COVID or wherever we're at in COVID, it's even at a more alarming rate. There are churches that closed down in March and have never reopened since. In church, we must be concerned. Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We need to have light all around us. Nate Click was here for a three year or so short period of time when Nate was hired. Nate said to me, I want a pastor. And I said, Nate, come here. We'll train you the best we can so that you can go. There was a church in Monroe, Michigan that was dying. I mean, they were dying. So God sent him to go. I talked to a a fellow this week and talked to him again last night. And he contacted me and he said, I, I really want to, I really want to pastor one day, but I want to, I want to learn. I want to train. And, and I, and, and is it, is it at all possible maybe that we talk further about maybe if I could just come on staff there for a couple years so that you can, you can send me to go start a church or go take a church that needs to be revitalized. That needs to be a part of our vision. We call it church planting. My dad grew up, I grew up and my dad planted churches. We talk about church plants. I heard a funny video, some guy was saying, I keep hearing about this church plants and the pastor said it's gonna cost about $100,000. And I'm thinking, that's some expensive plants. We're not talking about plants on the platform or plants in the lobby. We're talking about church planting, taking a group of people and starting a church through this local church. One of, the, one, of the, one of the highlights of our marriage, Michelle and I, was when we birthed children. And every, every child, when they were birthed, we said, this is a blessing from God. 
churches need to be birthing churches. Churches need to be sending out Timothys and Tituses to go and start churches all around us in the greater Toledo area. The word of God needs to be preached and the gospel needs to be preached. And I challenge our church over the next 20 years that we'd birth or revitalize five churches. One of the next things, these are all things that we've already talked about. So for the majority of our church, I know you know this, we have talked about this. We talked about a place right in our community, a coffee house, a Christian bookstore. You know, there's not a single Christian bookstore in Toledo. You, you can't go to a place and you can't find a Christian, Christian of our, of our stripe. We're, we're, there are other cult bookstores, but there's no Christian bookstores. We looked, we thought right here in Monclova, a place that people can come together and gather. And how many of you like coffee in here? Good. A place where people can gather in the community and come together. And, and we would use that coffee shop as a gathering place in our community. And we would have Bible studies there and we promote everything about Christ and all the, all the profit, every single penny of profit that would come would be, then be used for missions. We would support Christian ministries in the greater Toledo area. There's wonderful Christian ministries in this area. They just need support. They need funding. And so we, we've been praying and we've been looking and there's actually a, a couple different places that we've, we've looked at right here in the, in the community and the uh, Lord just not, has not opened the door for that. But I, church, I want you to, to pray about that. Next is, a, we called it a home of rest. Lord just put this on our heart. We had a family that um, uh, their little four-year-old here in her church got a hold of dad's gun. He was a police officer, got a hold of it. And you know the story. And shot himself and killed himself. An accident, a little four-year-old. And I watched that family, the, just the heartache. And church, we've prayed for your families and we've prayed for for. for your loved ones and people in our church. And we just thought this, if there was a place that our church could have where we could allow people to go and allow people to spend a week of their time free of charge, nothing there, just a church that would simply give them something, a place of rest, a place of hope, a place of comfort. And they would say, why would someone do that? because we're Christians. Lindsay Hopkemeyer, she's our nursery director. Ben is a deacon in our church. And um, in one of our deacons meetings, just, just the last one, Ben made a comment about how, how, um, um, how much pressure, how much tension our school teachers and our community were under because of some things that were happening and just a lot of tension. And, and I, I just made mention to, to Ben, let's do something. And the next day, Lindsay got involved and, and we then on elementary school right here in Monclova, the elementary school in Waterville and the middle school here in Anthony Wayne, Fallen Timbers Middle School, 70 employees at each one of those. 
last week or the week before last, we brought in lunch to every single uh, teacher. You wrote notes, handwritten notes. Thank you. Handwritten notes. Put in the bag with a small gift card to get a cup of coffee and and just to, to share the gospel, the, the book done that we give out here, the, what religion doesn't tell you about the gospel. Anything and everything we can to get the gospel, to make a, a gospel witness in our community. And great response. Lindsay was shared with me some of the response that she got back. And we got some letters here to the church even from, from just some thank you letters. But, but the, the thing that has stuck in my mind that we went to the, the location, we, we bought these at a restaurant. They put all these together in boxes. And, 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 and the owner, as we were paying for those, Lindsay, I don't even think I told you this. He, um, he, he said, so this is for the school? I said, yeah. He said, why are you doing this? And my response was this, Christian, I keep it with me. And my response was this to him, because we're Christians. Why are you doing this? Because we're Christians. It's what we're called to do. He said $600.25, please. And I gave him my credit card. (laughs) I need to hurry. Next is... Summer interns, college students, interns, we have brought on since we presented this, Adam, I believe he's teaching, but um, Adam Martin, an intern that is interning in our, in our church right now, Adam came to me and said, Pastor, I'm working a job. I don't want to work in the world. I, I, I believe God's called me to ministry. And I said, well, Adam, just come on for six months. We'll take you for six months. Let's figure this out. I think that was a year ago. We want our college students to intern. We want high school students right now that say, I want to be involved in ministry. Where are the, who's going to train them for ministry? We need to. And then we began to talk about a building program for our church. Show, me, show us that next slide. I know that's probably very difficult to see. We laid out a vision for a building program and some of that the, 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 the uh, phases have not, not necessarily changed, but the Lord through a lot of things has allowed us to really maybe change focus of it. And you would see here, if you can see that on the screen there, there's, a, there's a, uh, an addition here, 20,000 square foot addition. And there's also a, a, a hallway that links our hallway down to the gym so you can be go, get into a front of our gym from the length of our hallway. And we began to work through this and go to the next slide there, if you would, please. This is a, a picture of what it would look like, a auditorium. And then this current auditorium right here from the back of the baptistry to this wall would be divided. There would be three large adult classrooms that we would have here. And then, and then a large youth room then would be there, some bathrooms. And we would redo some of our, our uh, uh, nursery areas, allow our nursery areas to be uh, larger, taking away our school office, adding a new school office toward the back of the auditorium, a music room on the back of the auditorium. And all of these things are for the church to be able to teach and to train and develop, to preach the word so that we can go out and preach the gospel. 
Go to the next slide, if you would, please. This is even bigger picture of an auditorium. If you look around today, the reasons why we have to have two services because we this would be it. We have a lot of people not here today. But if we just said this is it, our parking lot right now is full, our auditorium's full, our classrooms are full, this would be it. And how many of you want to see us continue to grow as we reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ? How many of you want to see us do that? I want you to show a video. I promise you we're coming around home here. You see the addition there, that I, the hallway puts the gym together. For all of you that love to get out in the snow, we're gonna have an overhang there. As you come around, you can get out in bad weather. That there would be a new addition. The back of this that you see in brick, that is a music area and also a school office that you would go into. Our preschool in the academy, that would be a secure location. Buzz in, can't get in there. This is inside in the new lobby. For those of you who love coffee, look at that. A welcome center on this side, a welcome center on the, la the back side as well. Theater seatings that recline. We'll have popcorn people that come down the hall. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I believe in this, there's 934 seats, individual seats. For older folks, they do vibrate and um, massage. You pay more for that. This is a new youth room. This is a, that would be this curtain room. Small group areas so that they can be together in small groups. These small walls, places to seat. Large group areas so they can worship and have assemblies together. converting the current cry rooms into uh, rooms to meet in as well. That's just a small video. We um, ran out of money. We couldn't pay them to do the other portions of it. 
know, these this area here would be classrooms, small group classrooms. We want to begin on starting on Sunday evenings either is just small groups, people connecting, getting together in homes together, doing life together, ministering together, serving together, learning the word, preaching the word, being grounded in the word, and then going and preaching the gospel message. I'm going to ask if I could have um, those fellas that are working on this, our deacons, um, we talked about it in our advisory board and they then had a smaller group of people that have actually been working on this meeting weekly, a couple weeks, Tom's one, Greg Burns, if you'll come, Joe Steck is another one, if you'll come, Paul Hammerker is our business manager, if you'll come, Paul, these men have been meeting with architects and this picture, if you'll put that up on the screen as these men come, I don't know if you could see that. When I, when I saw this picture, I all around the church is dark. And I know that they gave us this picture for this is what it would look like at night. But I, when I saw this picture, I thought this is, this is it. The community is dark. It needs Christ. But in this picture, there's a cross that's lit up. And it's the light. Come on up here, guys. And that's what our church has to be. A light in a dark world. A light where we preach the word and we preach the gospel. I don't want to play church, do you? I want, I want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I want to look around and see people I eat ice cream with, don't tell my wife that, down at Freeze Daddy's. I want to see those teachers that we gave. I want to see those police officers that we gave to. I want to see those families that through COVID we were giving, bringing uh, lunches to every week. I want to see the lady that takes my money when I pump gas and the lady at Kroger where I get my Oreo cookies. I want, I don't want to just see him here. I want to see them in heaven. I want to enjoy Christ with them. In church, I, I ask you, would you get involved and get behind a 2020 vision? get behind a church and would you get behind preaching the word and preaching the gospel and letting Christ use us to be a light in a very dark world I'm going to ask you to bow with me in prayer I'm going to eventually we'll have Joe Steck which is one of our deacons close us in prayer but before we go I want to ask you this question do you know Christ as your savior? I don't want you to leave at this place, not even on a vision Sunday where we talk about the gospel, but not give you an invitation to receive the gospel. 
And I, I know the majority of people here, you're here because you're a part of this church. Whether you're part of this church or you're not, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your savior, today's the day of salvation. Today's you, the day you need to be saved. Would you trust him today? We've sang about him. We, we've preached about him. We're casting vision because of him. Everything we do is for this point right here, the gospel, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He came to this earth like we read in John chapter one. He went to the cross. He shed his blood on the cross. And when his blood was shed, his perfect blood, his holy blood, sinless blood, that blood was accepted by the Father, his Father, as payment for your sin. Because we're sin, the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We can't, we can't reach heaven on our own. We can't do enough good. We can't feed enough people. We can't give enough. We can't build enough. That's none of that gets us to heaven. We do that because we're Christians, not to become Christians. The only way that you can be a child of God is to trust Jesus Christ as your savior. Believe that he died on the cross. Believe that he rose again from the dead. Repent or turn from your sin and turn to Christ. I wonder today if there's one here today that you would just simply say, I'm, I need to be saved. Today, I need to repent and I need to turn to Christ. I need to trust Christ as my savior. I wonder if, if there's one like that. I know there's a lot of people here and I know you're thinking, what is he going to do to me? Is he going to embarrass me? No, I just want to know who you are so I can pray with you. I'd love if you give us an opportunity to pray with you and show you in the Bible. What the Bible says about eternal life. I promise you I won't embarrass you. I promise you I won't call you out. The rest of the church is praying for you right now. Because they want to spend eternity with you in heaven. And I wonder if there's one today that you would say, Today, I need to trust Christ as my savior. Today, I need to be saved. Would you please pray for me? Is there one like that? Would you just lift your hand? Just lift it. Let me leave it there for a moment. I see, I see one here. I see another in the back here. There's one in the back right here. Yes. Those that raised their hand, the most important thing that we can share with you today is not a building, not any of these things. It's why we have these things so that we can give you the gospel, so that we can be encouraged, so that we can be strengthened, so that we can be grounded, so that we as an army of soldiers can go out and reach this world with the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so you're here today and you've raised your hand and you say, I need to be saved. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. 
for the wages of sin is death. You and I deserve death because of our sin, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You say, what is that gift? John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but hath everlasting life. For God commendeth or demonstrated his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It's the good news. You and I were born sinners. We can't save ourselves. We can't do enough good. We can't buy our way to heaven. We can't be religious enough to get to heaven. But God said, I'll send my son. And he went willingly. He went to the cross. He was crucified. He was beaten because he loves you. And today I ask you, would you repent of your sin? Lord, forgive me. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I've sinned. And today I turn from that sin and I turn to you. I turn to the cross. I believe that you're God. I believe you died for my sins. And I accept your payment on the cross as my sin debt. I believe you died and rose again from the grave. And I'm asking you now to come into my life. Save me. Give me eternal life. Oh, if you'd pray that earnest prayer, my words can't save you. But you turning to Christ will. pray that you'll accept them today. Our loving Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this special time of worship and celebration this morning. And Lord, help us to ever be mindful that this all began over six years ago when we were praying as a church to bring us a pastor to lead us forward. And you brought Pastor Rance, Michelle, and their beautiful family to minister, each and every one of them. And Father, we just thank you for that. Help us to be mindful that this was all an answer to prayer. And now, Lord, we must come together as a body and continue to pray, knowing you'll answer prayer in the future in your perfect time. And so, Lord, help us as a body to pray in the days and the weeks and the years ahead. And Lord, we thank you again for this day. We thank you for Pastor Rance, and we just thank you for all that you do for us. And pray you'll watch over us now in the days ahead. We ask it all in Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you, and uh, you are dismissed today. Have a great afternoon.